Now I was in a van. It, it was above the hood, tall. I hit it and my car went over it. Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. And we are live. What's up, Sean Dizzle? Mikey Hizzle. What's the word? Oh, everything is awesome. <laughs> everything is awesome. <laughs> See the Lego movie? Too many times. Admittedly, I've seen it alone by myself. Hey, no shame, man. That's a good movie. I love that movie. It's got my boy Absolutely Will Ferrell. Heck yeah. The puns are unlimited. Oh, yeah. You gotta love it. The Dark Knight. I can't look at a street sign that says Lloyd and not think La Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, dude, that intro. Yeah. So, <clears throat> we haven't played the full clip yet, which we'll get to in a minute. And it's not that long. And honestly, it's not even the best Bigfoot story. No. Um, but. I just recorded it on a whim um, because I was with some people that we both know who will be anonymous on the podcast, but um, rename remain nameless. Yes. But dude, I just thought it was funny that someone, you know, close to us had this encounter and she's never told anyone. And I, I asked her before I started recording, I should have like, I wish I would have known we were like getting into the conversation cause I would have recorded the whole thing because at one point I remember her saying, I have a Bigfoot story and then she starts talking about it. And like halfway through, I'm like, why am I not recording this on my phone? So I bust <laughs> out my phone. Well, or she sort of changed her story cause I think she knew I was recording from this had to be Bigfoot to I can't say that it's Bigfoot. So it is what it is, but you know, I just thought it was funny that <clears throat> this person who I've known for a while now had a Bigfoot story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's pretty fascinating. Uh, even though it's, uh, it's quite droll, uh, on the Bigfoot scale that I'm used to the stories that I'm used to hearing, but I agree uh, with that. it's interesting enough to, uh, to play and, uh, and hopefully everybody else enjoys it as well. Yeah. So, so that being said, let's just, uh, <clears throat> let's play the last of the interview and then we'll, we'll be right back. And I was driving along and I had slowed down because that was the area where, uh, you just had to be, careful for deer and different things like that, you know. And 
all of a sudden, I hit something, and it was in front of me. And my car went over it. Okay? What did I hit? That wasn't that wasn't a deer. But I thought, did I hit a person? What what did I hit? And I went and turned around in the middle of the highway and came back and shined my light because I ran over it. And I knew it had to be laying there. I mean, there's no, on that highway, there's nobody at night. And I jacked my car one way, and I jacked my car the other way, and I got the heebie-jeebies from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, and I said, oh my God, and I began to shun and bleed the blood of Jesus. And I turned that car around, and I went on to Benton. Well, when I got to my friends... So there was I, no blood or nothing? There was no blood. There was nothing. So it was either a demon or it was, it was something. Anyway, it wasn't a deer. Is there any damage to the car? Yeah, when I got to the, when I got to the uh, driveway, I got out, and the the front fender button, the light, the underneath light, was gone. I had hit something. Huh. It was either a manifestation of a demon, or it was something. <laughs> it was big, and Sorry. it was not a deer. You think it could have been Bigfoot? I don't know what it was. I ain't saying. <laughs> but it was something. But I'm telling you, for two or three years after that, that area gave me the creeps every time I would drive through it. Hmm. And we're back. How about that? How about it? Yeah, you know, I I think it's I think it's funny. I think it's funny that um that she she erred on the side of, you know, hey, this this might have been a manifestation of a demon. Uh, yep. I think it's hilarious. Uh a physical manifestation of a demon. Uh I don't buy that one bit, but uh, I still think it's funny that, you know, hey, everybody's got their own opinion and everybody's got their own viewpoint. You know, like I said, I don't I don't have a personal experience on my own. I, I'm just fascinated by the subject. I love hearing stories and counter stories of, uh, you know, people who say they saw them or heard them in the woods or, you know, stuff like that. I think it's absolutely fan, uh, uh, fantasizing. I think it's absolutely <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> fascinating is the word I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with the whole demonic presence thing. I mean, I'm not discounting that that's a real thing and that's something I believe in, something I believe I've encountered. However, for this instance, I really don't know what the benefit of that would have been because she just turned around checked it out and then kept going there was never like a 
there, there was never any outcome of a spiritual thing happening. So personally, right. You know, and of it, course it, not. it didn't happen to me. So who am I? But sure. I think the, uh, the road of a little over spiritual is kind of the one that was taken there on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But, and, and right. I mean, I know you, first off, you know more about friggin' Bigfoot than I do. I think it's funny. I'm interested. And if there is a Bigfoot <clears throat> or Bigfoots or feats or multiple Bigfoot, whatever you say, I mean, it would be so cool to find that out. <clears throat> and, you know, I've heard stories, probably a minute fraction of the ones that you have, because I don't listen to Bigfoot Chronicles religiously. Um, Sasquatch Chronicles, get it right, brother. Come sorry. on. Sorry. You know, Sasquatch see, Chronicles. I don't even know the name. But anyway, my, I mean, that's my point. I don't really know much about any of this stuff. I just think it's funny that so many people believe in it. And it's the same kind of conspiracy things with aliens and UFOs and mermaids and the Loch Ness Monster and all this stuff, right? And it's all fun. It's just fun. Um, but some people actually believe that Bigfoot are the Nephilim from the Old Testament, like these yeah. beings that came down from heaven, angels, if you will, and mated with, you know, earthlings. And now there's this like species, you know, some people fully believe like that is a thing. So who knows, man? Yeah. Well, if you believe the Bible, you have to believe in the Nephilim because it's there, right? I mean, sure. They, they, it was a generation of giants that were born because of um, the, the sons of God, you know, taking wives of the children of men. Uh, that's the way that uh, Genesis uh, says it. Um, and sons of God being angels uh, that were uh, cast down to earth. So uh, after the whole uh, falling of, of Lucifer from heaven, right? So that's where that whole thought process of nephilim comes from that's what a nephilim is um damn nice uh one of the books uh that are not necessarily part of the canon of scripture is the book of enoch and uh is very very descriptive about uh the nephilim and uh what happened to them and part of the reason for the flood was to wipe them out because uh, it was against God's plan for mankind. But um, if you Just read like homosexuality, <laughs> hey, that should be another podcast. We should do that one too. <laughs> um, no, but uh, you know, part of the reason for the flood was to wipe out the Nephilim. But the fact is, is that um, after the flood, we see Nephilim still on the earth. So some of them survived. Uh, so yeah. I think it's quite interesting. Um, but to say that, you know, they lived and continued to live and never died and eventually turned into these giant hairy bees, I wouldn't necessarily uh, buy that. Uh, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily buy that either. I mean, yeah. I'm still struggling with the whole Bigfoot thing as it is. Well, there's a movie coming out called Littlefoot. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding you. 
There's a movie called Littlefoot that's coming out, and it's all about Bigfoot. <clears throat> excuse me, Bigfoot uh, actually being the ones that don't believe in people because they're <laughs> living up in the mountains. Dude, I cannot wait till this movie comes out. I think it's Christmas wow. time or something. I don't know. But it's called Littlefoot because while well, the the tribe of Bigfoot that are, you know, up in the mountains, one of them gets, you know, banished or whatever and, and ends up falling off the, the mountain and uh, runs into uh, a town and finds Littlefoot, Littlefoot, which is just people. <laughs> and they... How interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I can appreciate the creative spin on that. Sure. And he goes back to his people and is like, I saw Littlefoot. And and all the Bigfoot are like, there's no Littlefoot. Come on, stop it. (laughs) And it's a conspiracy. Nobody believes him that Littlefoot exists. So wait, in this movie, like, have you seen a trailer for this? Yeah, it was just a trailer. So do the Bigfoot speak? Like English or are they like, oh, yeah. So, so it's, it's true cartoon form, right? The Bigfoot can, they speak English to each other, but when they try to talk to Littlefoot, it sounds like they're growling and angry. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So I, it's just like every other animal movie, right? Like you remember, yeah. uh, Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. You know? He's able to talk to animals, but to anybody else, it sounds like the animal is just making their animal noises. So I still think it's fascinating, though, dude. I mean, because you, you're talking about. Well, first of all, back to her story, I, she hits something. That was humongous and ends up rolling over it and. There's no blood, there's no actual evidence that she actually hit anything, but she obviously did. And, um, well, and then she goes back and it's gone. And then she goes back and it's gone. Which kind of makes me think like of a deer because I've seen videos of deer getting hit. I mean, I've seen it in person where a deer gets hit, it lays there for a second, and then it's like brushes itself off and prances away, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's totally possible that it could have been a deer. But, and she says she was in a van. And it was taller than the hood of the van. Right? Or something like that, she said. Yeah, no, that's what she said. So, I mean, that's it's not a deer. Um, but uh, I, <laughs> I know, you know, I hunt, right? So I've shot a deer. The first deer I shot, I didn't retrieve. Okay? I, I shot it. I chopped off the front legs, right? I was going for obviously just below the shoulder. And when I shot, I just shot a little too low. Maybe I was breathing too hard, whatever. Even the smallest deer, if it comes into your scope, your heart's going to be pumping. Sure. Whatever. So I fire and I, I chop off the front leg. And um, this thing proceeds to push itself about 50 yards into the corn off its hind leg and uh, which was just behind me to the west and then it turned up north 
inside the corn and pushes itself another hundred yards and then comes back east out of the corn and pushes itself all the way into the um into the swamps. How do I know it's pushed itself? I watched it. I watched the deer drop. Okay, it was a doe. I watched it drop. And I waited for a little bit. I got down, called my buddy and said, hey, I got one. Help me find it. I'm going into the deer. I'm going into the corn because the combines are coming by. The farmer is coming to chop down the corn. Yep. So I'm following the blood trail into the, um, into the corn. And it gets to a big open spot where the deer have been bedding down. Because what happens is, you know, in the fall, when this corn gets 10 feet high, 9 feet high, the deer will go in, a whole bunch of deer would go in, like a couple family groups. They'll go in and they'll bed down inside the corn. They'll literally bed down. Like they will push the corn over in a big area and use it as a bed. And all the corn is destroyed. The farmers hate deer. So just because of that problem. So it pushes itself into this big open area, probably where it's used to sleeping. And begins to just bleed out and bleed out. So there's blood everywhere. I'm finding bone shards everywhere in this big open area. And then I see, you know, I'm following the blood trail north. Still picking up bone shards. So I'm like, this thing is resilient. My whole point in that was just to say, not to gross anybody out. But if you are grossed out, then sorry for you. (laughs) A little late now. (laughs) Everything you eat bled at one point. Anyway, um, but it was still pushing itself on its hind legs because it couldn't use its front legs because I blew them off. Okay. And the only reason why I did not get that deer that day was because as we were pushing into the swamp following the blood trail, we lost the blood trail and all we could hear was coyotes. Ah. So you don't go in after coyotes when they got a kill, you know, I mean, a a pack of a wild pack of coyotes, uh, you know, they're, they're more afraid of humans than we are of them. But, you know, uh, you come between them and fresh blood, you're, uh, you might be in trouble. So I don't know, bro. If she did hit it, a Bigfoot for real, then, you know, if he's 10 times the, you know, the size of a deer and, and the strength of a deer, he might've just, he or she might've just got up and walked away. You never know. Yeah. I mean, and this is in an area like this happened not far from me here in Illinois, Southern Illinois. And, uh, there's the Shawnee National Forest, which I think we've talked about on the podcast um, yes. before. But, like, there's a legit, like, Bigfoot presence, supposedly, around these parts. So, Document I mean, that kind of just lends right? to what? Documented presence. Like, people have... Yeah, I mean, people have like actually... Eyewitnesses. ...said they've seen Bigfoot, like, Ugh. and they call it in and report it, and that's documented, yeah. So, I mean... 
even as some, I still don't know that I believe in this whole Bigfoot thing, but I mean, it happened in an area where it's kind of a thing. So who knows, man? But I know you're like super geeky about Bigfoot. So I want, I want you to like share a story or tell me why you believe or like, you know, what's the lure of believing in it and just being like, no, this is a thing, you know? Like, I almost yeah. want you to sell me on being a Bigfoot believer. Well, I, I can't, I can't necessarily sell you on it, but I mean, I, I've got so many stories that I've heard that just seem so believable to me that it's hard for me to just say, you know, no, it doesn't exist. It's ridiculous. I mean, you have a whole lot of people that have never spent a single night in the woods. They, they'll say, yeah, this doesn't exist. But you've never camped, not a one time. You've never heard the noises that, that come out of the woods, not a one time. Yeah. So you can't, you can't say, yeah, this is something that doesn't exist. You know, you can't say mermaids never, they don't exist. You've never been to the ocean. You don't know how big it really is until you're actually in it. You know That's what I'm saying? Sure. So, um, there are just so many parts of the U.S. that are uninhabited by man that have never been inhabited by man in our history, in our lifetime, that we know of. Um, and a big primate, bipedal, you know, smart, intelligent creature could live undetected and, uh, and survive in the wildernesses of North America. Hands down, it's just possible because of how dense our forests are, how green and lush and heavy everything is without any disturbance, you know, from, from mankind. We haven't chopped down all the trees in, in North America. We just haven't. And there are stories from loggers and, you know, people that chop down trees of finding giant footprints and, and having, you know, rocks thrown at them and logs thrown at them. And, and I can guarantee you there's nothing in the woods that throws rocks or logs that's, uh, that's not human or, you know, some type of ape-human hybrid of sorts. I don't know. Yeah. You know, all I know is that the, the stories I've heard, they just, I can't discount them because I don't know. You know, hell, we all at one point thought that Santa Claus was real. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so all of those things, right? Uh, the, the fact that there is, enough there's enough of a a a food you know population uh, of deer and and elk and things like that to sustain um a small number of large primate um in in the north america uh in north america um there's enough deer there's enough land for them to be spread out and the reports of this thing being seen all over North America 
are consistent from state to state. Not only that, but the the cave drawings uh, from all of the uh, North American Native Americans that you know the white man has pushed out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All those North American Native Americans, not North American, all the Native American cave drawings that depict and show, you know, this, what they call Sasquatch, because that's not a, you know, an English term. That's a native term. We, we, what a lot of what researchers and, and investigators know about um, the North American Sasquatch actually comes from Native American tribes that were here before white man ever stepped foot on this land. Before any black man ever stepped any foot, you know, on North America, they had stories of the North American Sasquatch. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 Hmm. And just about every continent, I mean, you, they've got a lot of what we know from history comes from cave drawings comes from stories that have been have that have been passed down from generation to generation of native people and we believe those stories about everything else except for the sasquatch so i think there might be a conspiracy bro yeah, because I mean, Just, I guess part of my whole thing is like, how come we don't ever find remains, or at least I've never heard really of like a, you know, a finding of such remains, or like, yeah, you know, it just seems like if they do exist and they exist in like all these different states, they're, you know, I mean, there's recorded noises, but we can't prove what something is by a noise we just know it's something we haven't heard before and then like sure you know wouldn't there be more sightings i mean if sasquatch or i'm assuming there has to be more than one because unless it's some mystical thing that just there's one of them and he teleports kind of like jesus or not jesus (laughs) santa claus (laughs) to all these different areas to be sighted you know like then there's probably a, more than just one. So let's say there's a little colony of them or a family, if you will. So like, how does this family go so undetected for so many, I mean, centuries really, you know, like wouldn't there be some sort of interaction? I mean, the Shawnee national forest is huge, but in the grand scheme of the world, it ain't that big, you know? And there's a lot of people that live in and around the Shawnee national forest, like you would think at least in my head, you, you'd probably have some more encounters, like some more hard proof, I guess of like, Hey, look, I thought I was shooting a bear, got Bigfoot, you know, but that's not like, that's never a thing. And I guess maybe that's part of the, you know, part of why I struggle with this whole Bigfoot thing is it's like, they're always shitty videos of like a blurred out furry thing or like a you know a silhouette of something and i don't know yeah but that's just been since technology has boomed right 
But before technology boomed, you had story after story that's like literally in newspapers going all the way back to the 1800s. You know? I mean, the stories of, of Bigfoot have been, you got more stories about Bigfoot than you have about Jesus Christ, bro. Dang. There are, I mean, that's just, that's just the truth. You know, you got more evidence from, uh, uh, you've got more eyewitness testimony for it than you do of, of, uh, of many things. Right. Well, so that's super interesting because we also wanted to talk about another topic. And I think this is a great segue into that. Sure. Um, because that's an interesting point that you just brought up about there's more documentation for Bigfoot than there is Jesus. Um, and what was the, uh, what, what did you want to talk about today? What if God um, showed up at your door for dinner? Yeah. What if, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Exactly. What if God uh, showed up for dinner at your house? Would you believe? Would you believe in him? Yeah. Yeah. I guess like if Bigfoot showed up at my door, would I believe? I want to say hell yeah. <laughs> but I also know in my human brain, I would also be like, okay, but hang on a second. Like, is this a, a Bigfoot suit? Like, is this a hoax? You know, like if Bigfoot showed up at my door and ah, dinner, I would just be like, I'd probably pee my pants. Yeah, well, you would. Or I would be like, ha, 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 take the suit off. It's not funny. Who's under there? You know, like I wouldn't believe sure. it. At first, sure. I for sure would not 100% be like, oh, my God, this is Bigfoot. Let me get my phone out. <laughs> right. You know, I there's the way our brain works. We need to be able to relate things to something. Right. Like when we always rationalize everything yeah yeah but what happens when something happens and you don't have a frame of reference for it that's what happened in jesus day you know they 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 heard stories about this and that you know uh about god doing this thing and god doing that thing and uh it was all fine and dandy until god showed up in flesh and blood and it was like Hey, look, no, seriously, I, I'm the real deal, right? Before Abraham was, I am. That's what he said. And then they picked up stones to, to stone him because that phrase, I am, goes all the way back to Moses, right? When God told. Yeah, it was sacred. Yeah. When Moses said to God, you know, when God said to Moses, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And, and Moses was like, well, who the hell am I going to say sent me? And God said in response, tell them I am sent, sent, uh, sent you to them. And when Jesus quoted that about himself, saying that not before Moses, but he said before Abraham was, he even went, he superseded Moses and said before Abraham was, who everyone considers to be the father of the faith, right? The friend of God. 
he says, uh, before Abraham was, I am. And he used that, ex- that exact same Hebrew phrase that God gave to Moses. Dude, they were about to kill him right there on the spot. Uh, yeah. You, you know, but all the things that he did, they had no frame of reference for it with their own visual eyes. So they didn't know how to respond to it or to react to it. And so they just responded with violence. You know, when we don't have a frame of reference for something, we can react in whichever way, you know, causes us to stay centered, whether that's violence or fear or, you know, laughter or joy, whatever the case may be. Um, But we always look for something that we can understand that we can attribute it to. It's funny to think, too, like, you know, would I have been a Pharisee, like, honestly, if I was, you know, living back then? Because, you know, here you have this guy saying, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Jesus. I am the son of God. And they're like, no, bitch, you're a carpenter and a rabbi, but you ain't nothing more. Okay. Like, yeah. Like you're sinning right now, actually. And we should kill you. Like what I've been, or even when Jesus came back and, you know, show me the holes. I want to make sure like <laughs> you actually did this thing, you know, like we saw you die. Right. Like we want to, we want to see that we evidence, saw die. you know, and that's sure. That's just in our nature, I guess, obviously, you know, no doubt. So it's funny to think, you know, well, it, actually, it's easy at now as a believer to, you know, read over those verses and study the scriptures and be like, ha, ah, Pharisee, you didn't believe because you didn't have faith. Ah, oh, you little bitch, like, you're so stupid. But <laughs> honestly, I don't think they were that stupid. Uh, I think they were just they humans were who were like, yeah, wait a second. Yeah. You're the son. You're the son of God. Really? Like. Can you imagine too, like a 50 or 60 year old rabbi talking to this like 30 year old Jesus and you're just like, listen, bro, I have, I can quote the scripture better than you. I have studied longer than you. I've been around. Okay. Don't go, don't go telling people you're Jesus. Like, that's not cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, just calm down. (laughs) You're still young. You know, like I could see that approach and it's like it's so easy now to say, Oh, how could you not believe that it was Jesus, but put yourself in those shoes in that time. I struggle with the fact that you'd probably just jump on board and be like, yeah, yep. He's Jesus. Love him. He's my dog. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. going to do things that you ain't never seen. Cause he, he's the son of God. I don't know. Right. It's kind of interesting. you know. Yeah. It just flat out wouldn't happen. Right. I mean, we we can say whatever we want in hindsight, 2020. And the fact is, is that there's plenty of people that don't even believe that the Bible is, is the truth or that it truly is the word of God because they're like, okay, well, it's written by man. So even though inspired by God, yeah, we'll admit that, but written by man, uh, the fact is, is all mankind has fallen and you can't trust mankind. Right. Um, That's for show. Then men have tampered with it and put in their own stories and translations of stuff. You know, like all of that has some legitimacy to it. 
right? I mean, these are good arguments against not believing in Scripture. I mean, not to mention that most Christians don't even know the Bible themselves, right? They can't defend it. Ooh, you walking a tight line, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, all defenses aside, you know, if you drop your guards, the fact is, is that, yeah, man has tried to temper with the Bible over and over again from generation, from generation to generation, from the beginning of the book, of the book. People have tried to, to tamper with it. The fact that we have 66 books, right, 27 in the New and 39 in the Old Testament, the fact that it's been divided up into Old and New Testament uh, books, <coughs> chapters, and verses means uh, that man has meddled with it. You know what I'm saying? I do. Because when it was all written, it was written on parchment, on like uh, ram and lambskin is what it was written on. A lot of it scrolls and it was written as one giant scroll like these different books were written as one giant scroll and you got to remember that it was written by 40 different people on three different continents speaking three different languages and then translated <laughs> and translated and translated yeah yeah exactly so i mean there's just so much that goes into it um uh, these are all things that keep people away from believing in God. Um, but I, I think the central message of the 40 man, the, the two different testaments and the, the 66 books, I think the central message is the same for, for all the books. Like they all, when you read them all and put them all together, they all really do point to Jesus Christ. You see the Old Testament being the, uh, the foreshadowing of Jesus to come. And then you see the 27 books in the New Testament being affected by his arrival and the influence of his followers after him. After his death, burial, and resurrection. And so the, the whole book, the whole book of 66 books, point to Jesus Christ in some way or another. Um, it just takes a person that's willing to open up the door when God comes for dinner to, you know, actually be able to understand something that is spiritually discerned. And I, and I think that that's part of the problem. Like the understanding of scripture is for those that are spiritual and are willing to accept it. Not necessarily, not necessarily for the skeptic. And I think that sucks. But who am I? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting. Because, I mean, I believe in God, and if he showed up to my door right now and was like, hey, you want to get a pizza and hang out? I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, get away from me, weirdo. Would you, like, yeah. escape from the psych ward or something? <laughs> I mean, honestly, sure. that's just me being brutally honest. I would not, I would not let that person in my house because I'd think, oh my God, they're psycho. You know, no doubt it, about it. I mean, that's in the flesh. So, you know, to be yeah. Christianese, 
of me. Uh, but the spiritual side, if it was actually God, I would I would hope to think that my relationship with God and through prayer and the Holy Spirit and all of that would be able to discern like oh wow you you want to come in um can I clean up like you know yeah let me hide the hookah I don't are you cool with hookah I'm pretty sure you're cool with hookah but I don't know so like can I put it away first (laughs) (laughs) you start second guessing all of your choices yeah like uh, well, there's a reason for that. We don't though. watch Netflix. We just have it because everyone else does. We don't watch Netflix. So I'd rather be reading your Bible. <laughs> we don't watch Netflix. We just chill. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. though, you know, like, yeah. what? I don't know. I think the reaction would be insane. Sure. Yeah, well, we, you know, you can never say, right? I mean, because the fact is, is that those who, if you look in Scripture, those who actually had the revelation of who they were talking to like so like so anytime jesus or god god has revealed himself in human flesh to someone okay in a human form anytime he's revealed himself it's called uh, in, in theology is called a theophany okay it's uh it's god manifesting himself in human form it's called a theophany. <laughs> that word, uh, it's comprised of a couple different, you know, Greek words. Whatever, I'm not going to break that down. The, the point is, is that every single time there was a manifestation of God in human form to mankind, mankind, the person who witnessed it, fell down on their face in reverence. Yeah. Okay. And the reason being is God is so holy that when he reveals himself to someone fully, they see the holiness of God and it shines a light on our unholiness and our unworthiness. We become self-conscious. That's how it's happened every single time. It's it's bowing down. I can't even look at you because I'm not even worthy to do so because you're that holy. And I think that that's something that uh, the, the church has lost, that Christians have lost. And as a result, the world is lost because we're just not getting it. We're not getting his holiness, not, not the way that we actually should. Yeah, that's a very good point. So that's why you would be like, hey, is this hookah okay? Like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, is this, uh, you know, is it all right if I do this? Is it all right if I do that? It would be the same thing if you were to stand before the president. Well, maybe not this one, but maybe Obama. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I think even if you stood before Trump and he came to your house for dinner, you would still have a sense of the... Uh, I don't know, the aura or the presence or the, I'm failing to find the right vocabulary here. But you would like, feel the weight of the office. Yeah. And, and yeah. the, the prestige of the title essentially, you know, like, okay, sure. so you hate Trump. Sweet. I don't like the guy either really. But if he came to my house for dinner, you better believe I'd clean, I'd 
find out what he likes to eat. You know, I'm not going to like be one of those people who are like, oh, if Trump came to my house, I'd sit him out back and bait him. Like, no, I don't know that you would. And if you would, you're a stupid human. Like, you have no reverence for any sense of, you know, hierarchy or respect of anyone, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, a little rant no. on that. But I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, <laughs> you know, the, the, there's a, I don't know. It's just, a, it's, it's, there's a difference, you know? Yeah. And in the case of the president, even if you like the guy or not, he's still the president. He's going to show up with his friggin' SWAT teams and like, you know, that's just going to be a thing. And you're going to be like, Oh my God, this is kind of cool. And nuts at the same time. I didn't vote for you, but, uh, yeah. I mean, do you need to go to the bathroom first? Like, what do you need? Can I get you some water? <laughs> you know? Yeah. That would be my yeah. experience anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, he's going to walk in with his presence of power, right? Like he's not going to hide who he is when he walks in the door with into your house. And neither would God, right? Mm -hmm. God would step in. He knocks on the door and says, Hey, I'm coming in for dinner or can I come in for dinner? I, I mean, people can act all, bad and bold, but from a Christian perspective, the fact is, is that everyone is who has ever been in the presence of God like that in scripture has proven to reverence and rec recognize and reverence his power, his authority, his sovereignty, and, you know, and, and, and worship him in, in some way. I mean, people hate like, you're right. They couldn't look at him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact is that when Jesus was on the cross, they were so freaked out about him being on the cross that they didn't even want him to stay on the cross overnight and suffer. They were like, let's just kill him right now. Yeah. And that's why the guard put the, the spear through his side. You know what I'm saying? It's they were so afraid of him when he when he was walking the earth. They were so afraid of him, and it was because of his commanding presence. I think of the story of Zacchaeus, the the tax collector. He's in a tree. The Bible calls it a sycamore tree. It's a specific tree in Jerusalem. He's up a tree because he knows that Jesus is coming in on Palm Sunday. So he's coming in and uh, he sees Jesus. And upon seeing Jesus, Jesus says, or Jesus says to him, Jesus saw him. And Jesus says, look, come on down. I'm going to dine at your house. And Zacchaeus, the tax collector, this rich man who had betrayed his own people by collecting money from the Romans and stealing money from his own people so that to fatten his pockets. Right. That's the story. Yep. He was so awed by Jesus, he started quoting the law. He's like, look, everybody I've wronged, I regave, I've repaid back to them four times, fourfold. Anybody's money that I took, they got 400% on it. I'm giving back everything that I've ever taken. 
and some more. And that was actually the law. Right. When you when you steal something from your brother, you need to repay it back fourfold. Yep. You know, you had to give a certain sacrifice to go with the crime that you that you committed. Like he started quoting all this stuff according to the Jewish law. And he started saying, look, I'm doing all of this and above and beyond. He was so smitten by Jesus when Jesus came to his house for dinner. And I think that that's how we all should be, man. I think that's how we all would be. You know, I don't buy this whole, you know, uh, hypothetical of Jesus being on a street corner, laying down, smelling like urine and booze and <laughs> and being a bum. <laughs> and then, you know, everybody walks by him and don't pay him and he never mind. And when he walks into the church, everybody avoids him. And then he takes off all his robes and, and, and he's, you know, Jesus and ah, uh, he's glowing and white and <laughs> magnificent. I don't buy that shit, you know, because <laughs> it was never like that in scripture. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll probably never know what we would actually do. But <clears throat> I don't know. It's fun and interesting topic. You know, what if God showed up for dinner? At your house. Yeah. And I I also think like atheists or well, true atheists probably be like, I'm not even going to have this conversation because <laughs> do you know what I believe? But some of the faux atheists would, you know, oh, I'd sit them down and be like, what about this? And what about that? <laughs> and tell faux me what, you atheist. know. Yeah, dude, I fully believe I've listened to enough conversations with people I know and people I don't know. And there's a difference, just like Christians, you know, there's different types of people and whatever you claim. And what I've learned is true atheists don't like, there's no argument. There's nothing to argue. It's like, Hey, if you can prove it, I'll listen to you. But there's literally just pointless conversation that we're going to have. If you're going to try and tell me that God exists, because I just, he doesn't. <laughs> so yeah. shut up and move the fuck on, you know? And sure. then you have the atheists who I think are more kind of like the social millennials who claim atheism, but then they just want to argue about everything. And it's like, well, I don't really know that you're actually atheist. <laughs> Do you really know what an atheist <laughs> is? Yeah. So anyway, my point is like, I know there's people that would say, oh, here's what I would do. And I would question him and, you know, I would take him to the nearest church and have him preach a sermon on how to be this. And, or I'd take him down to the homeless shelter or I'd take him to the hospital or all the, you know, shit's going on and have him heal people if he's really God, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know if he would. Yeah. You know, uh, there's so much in Christianity that requires faith that the hypotheticals seem to fall off and be nothing. Right. I mean, it's 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 all about faith and either you believe or you don't. No one can make you believe. No one can can force you to believe, even if at gunpoint they tell you to read to, uh, you know, renounce your belief system and believe Christianity. 
it um it doesn't mean that it's true to you even if you just said all the right words you know and i think that that's what so many people end up doing they just say so much of the right words they they know the the the, the term that i've i've coined christianese you know they know all of the christianese they know all of the right stuff to say when to say it and how to say it and how much emphasis to put on it and all of that shit right um but it doesn't mean that there's a changed heart underneath that surface it doesn't mean that there's a a a person that that is truly smitten by him and if i can get uh satisfyingly deep for a second oh do it You know, there's there's this story. I I don't know if I have, I told it on the podcast, but it, I told it so many times about uh, Albert Einstein. He says, you know, the reason why he is an atheist, and this is a story I've heard so many. I, I've heard it. Whatever. He said the reason why I'm an atheist is because when I look out into the heavens, I look out into the stars. I'm in awe of the galaxy, the stars, the sun, the moon. Uh, I'm in awe of all of it, mesmerized, mesmerized by it, in love with it. Physics, the way things move, the laws that govern the planet. He's fascinated by it all. And he said he looks at Christians who believe that all of this was made by a creator. And they are not as in awe of that creator as I am of the stuff that they say that he created. Damn. Ever tell that story? No, I've personally never heard it. Yeah. So, so the fact is, is that um, a person may say all the right words and they may act as if, you know, God is important to them and that, you know, if he came to dinner, you know, they would roll out the red carpet for him or whatever the case may be. But a person who is really in awe of God, who is really uh, in awe of, of how majestic and how powerful he really is. I tell you, there's a difference in their conversation. There's a difference in their, in their walk and the way they live and the way they walk, the way they live their lives, their lifestyle, their heart what they believe, you know, that, that belief in your mind or what you think in your mind, it, it has to travel from your head down to your heart in order to really make a change in a person. And it, it may be convenient at the moment, but I'm telling you, when, when you interact God in, in an intimate way, one thing that's going to strike you is how holy he really is and how unholy you really are. Yeah. Everything that he has and everything that you lack. And hopefully at the end of the encounter that you have with him, you'll realize that he is everything and that you are nothing. That he has everything and you have nothing. And all that he is, is all that he desires you to be. But it just requires your faith in him. It requires 
a relationship with him, a, a, you know, intimacy with him, that you'd be willing to be vulnerable with him. I mean, and if you are, then his holiness won't cause you to fear, but will cause you to worship. That's good. Yeah, that, 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 that feels good. That's satisfyingly deep right there. It's truth, man. You know, I'm not afraid of God's holiness. I'm, I've reverenced his holiness. I've reverenced the fact that he is perfect in moral purity and I am not. It's a difference in mindset. It's a difference in heart. You know? You're right. There's a whole lot of people that would stand before God and be like, oh my God, is this okay? Is that okay? Is this okay? Is that okay? <laughs> but to understand that Christianity isn't performance-based, but is faith-based, requires me to not be afraid of what I'm doing, but to rest in what he's done for me. In that his son gave his life, his death, burial, and resurrection. He gave his life for me because of my imperfections. Jesus was perfect because I am imperfect. The thing that I failed to do, he has already accomplished. And so when God looks at me, he doesn't see my failure. He sees his son's success. And that right there should cause the, uh, or believe that belief and faith in that is what causes us to not fear when God comes to dinner, but to reverence and to love. So when all the Pharisees were all joking around and pissed off at Jesus because of, you know, whatever, because of his declarations about who he is and because he was eating, eating in Simon's house, Uh, for dinner, blah, blah, blah. The woman that recognized that she had been forgiven for all of her sins came and cried at Jesus' feet, washed his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. That was not a fear of any judgment or torment because of her lifestyle, but it was out of reverence because he was perfect, she was not, and yet he still forgave and loved her. Yeah. All right, I'm preaching, bro. I need my hanky. Where's it at? <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. There's a freedom, you know. There's a freedom when There's you a- recognize that he is holy and you're not. And accept the fact that you're not holy. Fine. You're not holy. Got it. But dude, your lack of holiness doesn't negate his. But actually, it validates his holiness. It was because of his holiness and because of his perfect righteousness that he was able to be a suitable sacrifice for you and your shit. Yeah. You're only able to be forgiven because he was perfect in moral purity. Not because you're good. Well, and that that almost charges you to humility, you know? Exactly. I mean, I almost said forces, but I don't like... I don't like how that sounds, but it kind of, you know, there's, there's no way to not be humbled by that. 
which to if the you, freedom that is given and then of course I'm going to follow it's you. exactly what he wants it's exactly what he wants yeah. because remember Lucifer was kicked out of heaven for one thing and one thing alone it was his pride Show enough. he looked at the throne and he said I want this he looked at what God had and said I want this I don't want to just be a servant I want to be the one being served. It was nothing more than his pride that got him kicked out of heaven. See that right there. Personally, not speaking for anyone else right now, obviously that right there is what I feel like is one of the biggest, uh, struggles in American America. Christianity (laughs) today is how can I, be a Christian and have God's grace and have God's love and have his blessing. And how can I be made much of like, how, how can I, I mean, dude, and it's so like, it's a super thin line. I feel like because take missions trips, for example, right? Yeah. Hey, let's take these, you know, let's take our youth or our whoever and go over to, you know, Africa to this little village, they don't have water. We're going to build them a well. We're going to spend four days and we're going to come back. And you can look at that and be like, man, that's awesome. Because you know what? At the end of the day, that is awesome. (laughs) I mean, that is totally awesome. It is. But there's also this, this side of it for the people going, I feel like where it's like, we're coming to you and doing something good for you. Like, and it's almost in a way of like, check out how cool we are. Like, I'm going on a missions trip again because it was so cool to see God move. But really, it was so cool because you felt like you were doing something good. Right. And that to me is where it just, it loses all of its flavor. And it's just like, bro, fuck your missions trip. Like, if that's why you're going. And I know, I know a ton of people will be like, you know, maybe they just heard me say that and they're feeling guilty or they want to argue and be like, oh, screw you. Like, that's not why I did it. Well, if you feel that way, maybe you should check your motives because what I just said should not shake you if you're doing it for the right reason. Does that make sense? Right. No doubt about it. And that's just one instance. But like, I, I really feel because I've seen it, I've lived it. And you know what? I used to be that person where I felt I had something to give someone and that you've missed it. If that's your, your goal and your mindset, you've completely missed, uh, faith in Jesus and what the Bible teaches. It's not about you. Like it's never about you. God doesn't want you to prosper. Okay. Wake the fuck up. God doesn't want you to prosper. I don't think that he wants you to prosper. Now we could debate that for probably a few hours, but like at the end of the day, whether I prosper or not, and I guess we would have to define prosperity, but I'm saying like, yeah, God doesn't you better want me define that to have a cush job and, you know, to have tons of money and planes and yachts and just be able to do whatever I want, whenever I want. Cause at that point, it's all about you. <laughs> Like, give what you have. Yes, please do. And if you do that and you have all of that and your your heart is in tune with 
God's spirit and his vision, then by all means do it and do it well and do it as often as you can. But if your whole thing is to have a lot so that you can go do something because you feel like God needs you, like you've missed that. And that's why I say like, it's a thin line because I almost sound like I'm an arrogant asshole, (laughs) but that's not my motive here. I'm, I'm trying to, shift the paradigm a little and be like, Hey, listen, like what's your true motives and are, have you really been changed enough to where if you had nothing, you would still find ways to bless people or to preach to people or to say, God loves me. I am blessed and highly favored. I got nothing, man. I literally don't know how I'm going to pay my bills, but God is real and I love him and he humbles me let's talk. Yeah. Am I making any sense? Yeah. Like I really don't want to be taken the wrong way, but at the same point, like I'm okay with pushing the boundaries here because I see it and I see it and I see it in multiple churches I go into and it's all about the people. It's all about what God has to say to them. You know, it's all about like this new thing. And if we can get our stage to look a certain way, we can, gather more people and tell them that, you know, God wants to use them. Maybe God doesn't want to fucking use you. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But like the point is, it's not about you. Like, it's not about me. It's not about Sean David. It's not about Michael Hines. It's not about Trump. It's not about anyone else other than Jesus. And we manipulate the shit out of that in America in this Christian culture and it's just disgusting, man. And if I feel this way and I think this way and I'm willing to say this, could you fucking imagine if God showed up at your door, what he would say? Sure. If he showed up to Joel Osteen's church said, Hey, I'm going to come in for, for your service. Would he be flipping tables and being like, Oh, you guys are so horrible. And I'm not coming against Joel Osteen. I'm just using that as an example because personally, I think that, you know, from what I've learned and studied over the years and the relationship I do have with Jesus, I lean towards he would probably not just be like, oh, yeah, you guys are cool. Keep doing it. Yeah. Because they've met, like, on a whole, again, not, you know, pinpointing individuals here. So Joel Osteen or whoever, we're missing it. We've missed it, and it's so disheartening, it's ridiculous, and I don't know how to change it uh, on a big scale because, one, it's super overwhelming, and two, how do you reach all them people? And three, like I'm figuring out still how to do that in my own life around the people that I interact with, you know? Yeah. Ugh. No, I, I feel, yeah, I just want to, you know, just touch one thing. I, I know you're, just for clarifying point, I know you're not saying God doesn't want you to prosper as in the, the normal sense of the term. What you're saying is prosper in the Christianese term, terminology, yes. like, you know, I'm going to have. Prosperity a, gospel. Uh, yeah, basically. prosperity gospel. Like, yeah, God needs me to have five planes uh, because. I don't want him to touch. I don't want people to touch my uh, God's anointed in the tube full of demons. 
Or dude, not even know. that extreme, maybe. Like, hey, I sure. make sixty thousand dollars a year, but God wants you to make hundred and twenty so that you know Sure. The prosperity so that you gospel have a better life. Yeah. I don't believe the, that. Right. I and I don't believe in the prosperity gospel either. Maybe God because, wants you to double your income because he's got plans for, for what he wants to do through you. But sure. I don't think it's so that now you don't have to struggle and now you can go buy popcorn whenever you want and you can get that car that you've always dreamed of and you have a pension plan for the future. I don't believe any of that shit. That's not Jesus. Sure. I'm done. Yeah. And I'm with, no, no, no. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. You know, not not everybody is going to be rich and not everybody is going to, you know, be successful in business and da 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 da. I mean, Jesus flat out said the poor will be with you always. Right? When uh when when Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him, who had the money purse, right? He was the one that was collecting all the offerings and had the money for the group. Yep. Um, you know, he was like, hey, look, you know, I'm going to take this money and give it to the poor. And Jesus said, look, the poor will be with you always. Go actually do what I just told you to do. <laughs> you know, because, you know, money has a purpose. It's not supposed to be, you know, just for, you know, shits and giggles. I mean, if you got enough to an extra to be able to have some fun, then more power to you. But the fact is, is that. You know, there, there's things that we can do with our money to help the community, to give back, to actually be Jesus to the people that are in this world. And that, you know, we should be generous people. Christians should be the most generous people on the earth because Jesus teaches that it's more blessed to give than to receive. I'm with you on all of that. And I think that I just said what basically you were saying with the whole, you know, God isn't about this. You said it better. (laughs) God isn't (laughs) about the prosperity gospel. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. And these people out here that are, that are preaching this shit are going to be in trouble because they're causing people to stumble in their relationship with God because they feel like, because they don't have enough to do ABCD. That means that God doesn't love them. Or that they are not in God's favor. And that is the problem with the prosperity gospel. But the fact is, is that that the poor is going to always be with us. And that God's main purpose for your life is not wealth. And I think that's what you're saying. And and I agree with that 100%. Is that a fair statement? Totally. Same page. You You just are more eloquent with your words. (laughs) (laughs) so you know what i'm saying so so i mean god's purpose in your life is not wealth you know i mean back to the the whole point you know when when god comes to our door comes to our door for dinner you know what's going to be your response will you believe in him at that time there might be a person that's struggling financially that's like where the hell you been god you know, because I've been struggling, you know, this hurts and this hurts and, you know, I got diagnosed with this and that. And I still get these medical bills that are more than my mortgage. I mean, these are like 
real issues that people go through. Yeah. Um, you know, that happen. And it takes a person really. I, it's hard to say, but. None of that is any bearing on who God is. No. And I think that's what uh, another thing that we're saying that, that we're agreeing on. Yeah. I mean, God doesn't want like, us to live <clears throat> homeless in the gutter with nothing to our names and we can't shower. I mean, I'm not saying any of that <clears throat> by any means. Absolutely. And I'm not. not saying like, I'm not coming against people with wealth. Absolutely not. I'm just coming against people who have wealth or who desire wealth so that they think like they think here, here's an example I can think of. If I want a million, like it's easy to say, you know, as a Christian, Oh, if I want a million dollars today in cash, right on my, you know, in my hands, I'd give it all to people in need. I would call bullshit. And I would call about 99.9% bullshit. I do believe there's probably some weirdo out there. Who's like, yeah, I don't need it. Just give it away. But most people are going to be like, well, hang on a second. Can I give like, can I at least keep 10 grand for myself here? I mean, why do I got to give all of it? Sure. And that right there, that is pride. That is selfishness. That is like, that is the thing that is sickening, I think. And listen, I'm the same way. If I want, if, if it was in my hands right now, 100000 or whatever I said in cash, I would not give all of it every single penny away. Nope. If God told me to do it, I would pray <laughs> and be like, are you sure God? <laughs> because I'm human. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But like yeah. my whole thing is, and I guess my point and what I'm trying to say, and again, it's not everyone, but as a majority in our society, Christianity has become about, uh, we want the grace. We want the freedom. We want to go to heaven because we don't want to go to hell. But we also want prosperity, and we want to be able to pay our bills on time and have some extra and go on vacations and have a certain lifestyle. And then if I have more, I will give it away to whoever needs it. But our yeah. mindset is not of, hey, listen, I just need to eat. I need to put shoes on my kids' feet. I need to pay my bills. You know, and then, yeah, what can we do? Let's build some wells. Let's donate to this thing let's go feed that homeless person let's you know our heart and again not an individual thing but on a whole and this is why people in america and across the world hate christians and think that they're all you know uh hypocritical is because we are we preach yeah. this like humility reverence god and you know all this stuff and then when it comes down to showing it how do we do that? We go on a missions trip. I still feel like, well, that's still about you feeling good about something. Like you did something. Yeah. On a whole. Sure. And I mean, I'm not sitting here saying that I've never done that or that I will never do that because I'm a person and we all fuck up. Sweet. But like, can we, can we try and like start to shift this whole thing and like yeah. 
get away from being so us and so selfish and so prideful because I really don't know what heaven's going to look like for a lot of people who think they're going there. You know what I'm saying? That's a good way to put it, bro. That's an interesting way to say it, to say the least. And again, I'm not trying to point fingers at individuals. I am pointing my finger at the whole. And I feel like I'm justified because, you know, I've worked in the quote unquote secular world more than I have the church world. And I have unchristian friends. I have Christian friends. And I've seen and had and heard conversation after conversation like Christians push people away from truth. And from what we talked about earlier about freedom and humility and like the, the just complete understanding of, oh my God, you are so insanely holy. I can't look at you. I, I don't, I don't even know that I can be around your presence because it's just, it shatters everything in me because I am impure. Yeah. And the only thing that makes me pure is that your son shed his blood and now I'm, I'm covered in it, but I'm still at my core, just like Satan. And when we forget that, I guess is maybe when we start to get on this path of pride. Oh God, I'm praying that you bless me with a better job because if you do, I'll do more for you. Bitch, he don't need you. (laughs) He had to send his son to save us. (laughs) Why do you think he needs you to do anything for him? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I get it. But who am I? You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm half wrong. I don't know. But who am I? Who am I? The S N double O P nickname Snoopy Snoop D O double G. I'm sorry, that's what I thought of when you said who am I? I'm just letting you have it. All right, cool. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, bro. I mean that this this is a lot. It's super convoluted. Um but I, I think it's an interesting conversation. Like I said, we would have had this conversation over a fire and a couple of cigars and a and and a bottle of bourbon. Either way it goes. So if we lost you, you know, hey, it is what it is. Uh, we would have talked about it anyway. What it is. Um, but. Um. I hope that my dogs barking like crazy didn't come over the microphone the whole time because I swear to God, they have barked for the last hour. Yeah. I heard them a few times, but it was, wasn't that loud. Oh, it was extremely annoying. And if the conversation wasn't so good, I probably would have paused, went upstairs and, uh, done some things that PETA might not have been proud of. Huh. Yeah, it's all good, man. Nor my wife. We're all about being real and being raw, so it is what it is. Absolutely. All that being said, um, Mount St. Helens blew up some years ago, right? I don't even know exactly when it was. But when it was, there's stories out there of uh 
the army and reserves and people like that um, that had to go and retrieve bodies and uh, animals and stuff like that. They had to, uh, they had to go and, and retrieve and so that they can put them all up in a big pile and, and uh, burn them, you know, so that infection and disease wouldn't spread through throughout the forest. Right. I feel like I know where this is going. And, um, <laughs> there are, um, members of, uh, the armed services that were called to, uh, to a special portion where they had to pick up these specific bodies that men couldn't even pick up. Like they actually had to, because they were such heavy dead weight, they had to bring in machines to lift them up and to, uh, and put Big them in, the, they put them in a net and, uh, took them to be burned to an offsite location. And it was Bigfoot. And so this was, uh, 1980 when, uh, Mount St. Helens erupted. And, uh, and this was recorded to have happened. I mean, and, and you can look it up, you can look it up, but I mean, the ash and the soot from the eruption of that volcano, it was several feet high and there were so many animals that were lost so much of the wildlife and the trees and stuff that was completely destroyed because of this eruption. Um, including bodies of the famed Sasquatch that have been rumored to have come up uh, from the ashes. So I think that's interesting as well. Not something that's commonly reported. Uh, Mm. But yeah, I'll make a believer out of you yet. Don't you worry. I mean, yeah, I don't know. You might. Uh, It's, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still... I guess here's where I'll leave it. It's very intriguing. And there's something about it that I'm drawn to, even though I I just can't say like, Oh yeah, totally a thing. And I guess, you know, that's what a skeptic is. So here's me. Oh, I know what I wanted to tell you. Wait, 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 before you finish your point. Okay. You were talking about, you were saying before we went into God coming to dinner, you made a point of you, you said, why have we never found any bones or any, you know, remains stuff like yeah. that remains if they died? I wanted to bring out the point that we also have never found any remains of any mountain gorillas, silverback gorillas, um, mountain lions, cougars. Apex predators, you do not find their bones. And you can look that up. That is a known scientific fact. We have their bones because we have them in captivity. But out in the wild, there has never, ever, ever been found any bones from, any, from, from those apex predators. I know for sure those apex predators that I just named. And why is that? They believe that a lot of mountain lions or like the cheetahs or, you know, something like that. Some of these big cats, 
Specifically in North America, though, the mountain lion, the cougar, the panther, you've never found any of their bones in the wild. It's believed that, um, and those are apex predators, that when they are about to die, they know they're going to die, and so they go to a place to die, and you'll never find their bones. But I just think that it's very, very interesting that you brought out that point. We've never found any Sasquatch bones. We also don't have any gorilla bones or, you know, uh, you know, unless they were killed by man or something like that, right? <laughs> Those bones you're going to find. But just like out in the wild, no cougar bones, no panther bones, no... No, none of those apex predators that are in the U.S., you cannot find their bones. Bigfoot's real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sealed it right there. Uh, yeah, I just think it's interesting. That is very you interesting. Find, you find prey bones. But it, but if you think about it, like out in the, in the, uh, in, in the rainforest, Okay, let's just stay in North America. You you go up in northern Washington, northern you know Colorado, where you got a, all the skiing and all these big forests that are even near Mount St. Helens. These places where it's like dense, dense forest. The forest is so alive that you know if you were to put a body on there on the floor. In the forest, somebody dies. You throw it in the forest somewhere. You're not going to find that body. Nature is going to take it over. There's going to be enough rats, squirrels, possums, raccoons, scavengers that are going to, you know, destroy that that body, and and you'll never find it. Yeah, yeah. It's probably how the cartel does it. <laughs> they go all the way up from Mexico to Mount St. Helens and they dump bodies. Hey man, do what you gotta do. The other thing that's interesting is the missing 411 saga, the series of books of people that have gone out into the forest camping, doing whatever with their families, hiking or ride mountain biking or rock climbing or stuff like that. You know, they so many stories of, you know, parents with their kids. They're talking to their kid, talking to their kid, blah, 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 walking, walking, walking. Then all of a sudden they look behind them and their kid is completely gone. And nowhere to be found. Or people going up hunting and they go hunting and they they'll find their gun broken in half, smashed at the bottom of a tree, maybe some boots and nobody. Bigfoot. I'm not saying Bigfoot is real. I'm not saying I believe in Bigfoot. All I'm saying is I'm not not a believer. I thought you were a believer. I'm not not a believer. I don't know. I've never seen one. I just think it's interesting. I think it's interesting. Well, we can't agree on that. It's very intriguing. Oh. But so is God coming up to your front door saying, hey, knock, knock. Who's there? G-O-D, the original. Bitch. What do you want? I want dinner. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
God showing up at your door for dinner. That's quite uh, unique as well. Like, yo, you like Call of Duty? Let's hang. <laughs> you want some whiskey? <laughs> you like Fortnite? I got $65. Let's buy some skins. I got wine, too. I know you'd be liking that wine. Amen. Oh, you Turn brought your own? Sure wine. you did. Sure you did. <laughs> hey, while you're here, can you just touch my uh, spout? So then when it comes out, it's all wine. Shabbat shalom. Hey, by the way, um, we missed uh, Rosh Hashanah, which is very bad for Christians to miss, even though it's a Jewish holiday. We did. Let's have a moment of silence. For Rosh Hashanah or for us missing Rosh Hashanah? Both. Okay, I'll try. Boom. That spot is all I got. I can't stay quiet that long. All right, cool. (laughs) All right. Yeah, sure. Sure. So um, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Well, if you're still listening, thanks again to all of our listeners. Um, Hey, check this out. So we want to hear from you. Now you can email us. You can get on our website. You can shoot us a little message. You can tweet at us. You can message us on Instagram. I don't really care what you do, but uh, tell us how we're doing. And also, if you got a topic, something you want us to talk about, or if you want to be on the podcast, we can figure that whole thing out. Um, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but I think it'd be pretty pretty cool to have someone else on here. Well, <clears throat> no. Eh, sure. Hey, man, I'm down. If, you know, if the topic's the right one. I mean, I don't want to sit here and talk about Cheetos for an hour, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, hit us up on our website. It's www.unchurchedpodcast.wordpress.com. We're on Google Podcast, iTunes, of course, uh, SoundCloud. We got the tweeters. We've got the Instas. Hit us up. Yeah, man. We love you a long time. Plus, Michael, what are we doing if uh, people leave us a review on iTunes? Aren't we doing something now? Hey, man, every five-star review uh, plus uh, some kind words gets you a shout-out on the next podcast. So hit us up. Word. Yep. We'll love you a long time. Sucky, sucky. So this has been awesome, bro. (laughs) Stop it. All right. On that note, I think we're going to call it. We it's out. been real. All right, man. Peace. Catch up next time. All right. Peace.